Hi, I'm Jesse, and this is Red Cloaks Radio, where we are counting down in Massachusetts to see if the legislature will or will not pass the Roe Act by July 31st. Um, we have exciting guests today, and we will be talking all about how we can make some noise and be engaged with our civic government. Joining me today, I'm Linda Vieira from Indivisible Acton. I'm Lisa Bacci from Minuteman Indivisible and a member of the Indivisible Mass Coalition Board. I'm Laurie Venninger. I'm from Cape Cod Women for Change, and I'm also on the Indivisible Mass Coalition Board. Part of what we're going to talk about today is COVID has impacted everything when it comes to civic engagement. And whatever issue you work on, whether it's the Roe Act or Safe Communities or really any political issue, there were traditional ways we'd all figured out about going to the state house and, and meeting with our legislators. And here we are in this new virtual environment. So today we're going to talk to different people about how they're using different platforms and where the challenges are and share some ideas. Lisa, I'm really curious. You, you're way ahead of me on the Twitter channel. Can you fill us in? How did you get involved? Twitter is um, really good, I think, at two-way communication. It's an excellent way to find out what's happening. If you follow your state legislators and some of the advocacy groups that are working on issues, you'll get the latest breaking news about what's happening. Today, the Senate is debating the policing bill, and people are live tweeting out kind of what's happening with that bill, what amendments are up for consideration, where you can find it online. So there's that aspect of it, using Twitter to inform yourself and figure out when you can take action. Um, but most of the state legislators have Twitter accounts. So the other aspect of Twitter is if you want to reach your state legislator with an issue, you can tweet at them. You find out what their Twitter handle is you make your comment and you include their Twitter handle in your tweet. Um, they often won't respond, but they, they or their staff will see your tweet. You can use it to thank them when you're happy with the position that they've taken, or you can use, them, use it to ask them to support a position or express your disappointment when they're not supporting a particular action or bill. This echoes what I've heard friends talk about with communicating with airlines. It seems like, you know, in the old days, you would call up the airline if you were disgruntled, and now you can write an email. But apparently, there's a secret thing I didn't know about, which is if you send them a tweet, you will get someone responding very quickly because the power of social media to quickly inform lots of different listeners that they don't like something that an airline did. The airlines don't want that negative publicity out there, so they are very responsive. So it sounds like you're saying it might not be your legislator who answers it could be a staff member or an intern whose job might be to keep an eye on the Twitter feed. My understanding is, uh, you know, in this time of COVID-19, um, legislators' voicemail boxes are filling up because people aren't in the state house and lots of people are trying to, to reach them. And so the suggestion has been made that Twitter is a good way for them to, to see your comments, that they may see them sooner than if you try to call them up and leave a message on their voicemail box or send them an email. But in some ways it, it counts in the same way. And if they're looking at who supports a particular piece of legislation and they're just trying to keep track of which constituents are in favor or opposed, commenting that way on Twitter um, counts in the same way it would to send, make a call or send an email. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really good to know. So they I mean, have not all legislators may do that, but that's what we've been told about many of the state legislators, that they are, especially now when it's hard to, to use some of those other mechanisms, that they are keeping track 
of that kind of information from their social media accounts as well. Obviously, the person in the Oval Office uses Twitter all the time. And although COVID has shifted things for all of us, it is an interesting time to be in when Twitter has become a tool for civic engagement. One thing we heard about earlier in our conversation with Erica Eiderhofen, who is running for uh, to be a representative from Somerville. She talked quite a bit about the challenge of knowing what's going on exactly in different committees. And you mentioned earlier that people are following what's happening in the legislature today. What are the best ways you know of for people to follow what's happening today? Is it strictly by following their legislator or are there other Twitter people or feeds that you would recommend? I mean, some legislators are very active um, and will sort of tweet out what the legislature is discussing. For example, um, I'm from Lexington. Cindy Friedman is my state senator. She just tweeted out the fact that the Senate was going to be discussing the policing bill, and she provided a link in her Twitter feed for where you can watch it online. Legislators really vary. Some of them, like I said, are very active. Some of them, you're rarely going to hear anything from them. But the other groups to follow are the advocacy groups that are keeping track of this issue because they will be also sharing information about what's happening on the issue in the state house and often sharing information about how you can get involved whether that's an email campaign or phone banks or whatever particular strategy they're using to influence that piece of legislation so you want to kind of keep track of who are the key groups that are working on the issues that you care about and follow their accounts as well that's amazing. So that's really like instant, on the spot, inside information that I don't think we would have ever had access to in an earlier day and age. And I don't think it's, there's nothing else comparable, really. Facebook doesn't do that, I don't think. And so this is a really good way of getting information. You won't probably hear about the committee hearings because those generally aren't sort of a, a public sort of a thing. So, but, you, but you're right about the fact that you're often getting the just-in-time information. Mm -hmm. I mean, today on the policing bill, several organizations were tweeting out that there's been heavy lobbying from the police associations to weaken the proposal in the bill for qualified immunity. So you're kind of getting that information in real time. And if that's important to you, it's telling you that you really need to contact your legislators now, as opposed to waiting to read about what happened in the newspaper tomorrow. We've got this long legislation, long legislative cycle here in Massachusetts, where you, if you care about an issue, you need to follow it for a, almost a year and a half, maybe longer. If it doesn't make it that session, then you've got to come back. We learned from Tammy Guvea that at the beginning of the legislative session, there's a flurry of activity where lots of different pieces of legislation are introduced, and people have to decide if they're elected, if they want to be co-sponsors and sign on. Then things get referred to committees, and we all wait in the public to find out if there's going to be a hearing. Suddenly you get a date for a hearing, you can plan to get yourself in there and have your voice heard, and then once it's in the committee, it's silent. Some committees release some information and some don't release information, including how they ultimately vote out. It seems like that's another challenge. And then it's quiet again until you get an email or a text saying, it's on the floor, it's coming to the floor. It can get there very quickly within a day. So I'm curious, are there examples of legislation where you have followed things and found a way to kind of get in there at that last minute before it's voted on? How do you get in there in time? If you've got a legislator that really cares about a particular issue, they will all often keep their constituents informed on Twitter because that's easier for them 
than to try to reach out to everybody and say, hey, the bill's coming up tomorrow. I mean, you can basically blast that information out to everybody who's, who's following you on Twitter. So um, it may be that if it's not your particular legislator that cares about an issue, what you might want to do is see if one of the legislative sponsors is somebody who's active on Twitter and is sharing information because if they're in favor of the bill, then it's to their benefit to get people engaged with it. So that's another place you can look besides following your own legislators. Do different people use hashtags that we should know about? I know the one hashtag I know I've tried to follow is M-A-P-O-L-I, which is short for Massachusetts politics. Are there other hashtags that you recommend people take a look out for? Um, there is one, um, M-A Ledge, L-E-G, um, which is about the legislature. That one doesn't seem as popular as the Mass Poly one, but then individual issues often have their own hashtags. So the Roe Act, the hashtag that the advocacy groups use and legislators will sometimes pick it up is just Roe Act. Um, so the, what I would recommend is that you look at what people are, you look at the people who are talking about the issue and see what hashtags they're using. You can sort of Google, you know, what are popular hashtags for a particular topic, but I usually find it most useful to see what the people who are engaged with the topic are using and then use those hashtags. On Twitter, unlike on Instagram, using a whole string of hashtags is usually considered bad form, but you want to include maybe one or two key ones because that's the way if you're tweeting about something to get people who don't follow you to see your tweet and potentially share it. Brings up a good question. How do you get followers on Twitter? I'm brand new to Twitter. I have been on it for two days. There's different strategies. Some people follow lots of people in hopes they will follow them back. Um, I tend to use the strategy of getting followers organically. That is, you begin to tweet, and especially if you use hashtags, other people who don't follow you will see your tweets. And they'll begin to realize that you're somebody who's engaged with this particular issue. Um, you Obviously, for folks that you, who are engaged with an issue, you, you do want to follow them and like and share their tweets. I consider Twitter to be a very reciprocal medium. It's designed for you to share other people's information. So when you're sharing, liking, and commenting on other people's tweets, you're also getting their attention and increasing the chance that they might want to follow you back. What are the most creative things you've seen in Twitter land on political issues in Massachusetts? I mean, I happen to think the Red Cloaks is quite creative. I mean, Twitter is, um, because people scroll through it very quickly, it's a very visual kind of a medium. There's not a lot of words like there can be on Facebook. So it's basically a headline, sometimes a link, a hashtag, or tagging a particular Twitter account, and then a visual. So if you're using videos, if you're using you know, photos and whatnot and graphics that catch people's attention, that's much better than just having a tweet that's all text, although sometimes that doesn't make any sense and you don't want to add it gratuitously. But the most creative things are people using, I think, very clever graphics. And some people have a very clever voice. Um, we've got um, one of the indivisible groups in Massachusetts, individual, Indivisible Martha's Vineyard, which is, I think, Indivisible MBY as their Twitter handle. They have, the person who runs that Twitter account has 
a very blunt and, and humorous kind of a voice. And so that's another way, especially as an individual, a little trickier to do it as an organization, um, to grab people's attention and get people to follow you. Other platforms include Facebook, which I know Cape Cod Women for Change is out there on Facebook. Um, Red Cloaks are on Facebook. Are other chapters of Indivisible also on Facebook and active? Well, Acton uses Facebook a lot. And one thing I've um, done on Facebook is that if I post something and people like my post or they make a comment, like, for example, if I post about the Roe Act, call your, your senator or your representative, and they like my post, I will track them down and ask them where they are from. Did they contact their legislator? And I've ended up having conversations with people this way um, by direct message and getting them to find out who their legislator is and actually getting them to call their legislators. So I often put on my post, if, if I'm asking them to call their legislator, great if you like this, please make sure you call and follow up on this. Just don't like it. Yeah. So that's been a kind of an interesting way. It's time consuming, I thought, um, an interesting way to find out who are these people who are liking my posts. Because if they like my posts, then they, we must have something in common. Among community organizers, Linda, I have to say that I have been constantly impressed by how you immediately translate what we were doing before COVID into the virtual platform. Because you've made new friends, you've built out your network, you've had projects get done with new volunteers by following up. And now I can see that you are, you are using a strategy I haven't thought of for Facebook. I think the personal, for me, the one-on-one -on -one really works. I never send out a mass email. Um, I always send out an individual email inviting somebody to the ROAC um, rally, or, and I get a lot more responses that way. Um, if I send a personal email, it's very time consuming, but for me, it seems to work. We're so excited we had this time today to talk about making some noise and finding ways to do what some people call hashtag politics. Thanks so much for sharing ideas today. Really appreciate everyone being here. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Listen again. Have a great day.